The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome. We are so glad you could be with us today. We're here in uh, Roanoke, Virginia today, and the streak is broken. This is our 13th week doing the show, and Jennifer, this is the first week we haven't had beautiful weather. It is flat, pouring down rain and cold, and well, I guess all things have to end. Maybe it was that number 13. So That's right. That's right. It's But it's not snowing, Jeff. It's not it's snowing. Not snowing. It's just rain. That's good. Just that's good. Well, welcome. I am Jeff Smith, and you are listening to Illuminating Leadership. You can reach us at one 866 472-5788. You can also email us at jeff at voltageleadership.com. Really appreciate those emails. Uh, sometimes they come in during the call, sometimes during the week, and uh, really appreciate all the kind words that we've been getting. So thanks for sending that. Again, jeff at voltageleadership.com. You can also find us at www.voltageleadership.com. You can like me on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. Connect with me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith, Voltage Leadership Consulting, or Jennifer Owen O'Quill at Voltage Leadership Consulting. And you can follow me at Twitter at JMU Jeff. And if you were following this week, you know I was at a uh, JMU football game. We won our playoff game in advance. So very excited in the Smith household about JMU football. So today, uh, Jennifer is back. She's been with us several times as our co-host. And so Jennifer is an outstanding facilitator, loves to work with companies, helping them set their strategy, identifying high potentials, growing the high potentials, coaching people up, and just loves to interact with folks and helping them be the best leaders that they can be. Uh, She's married to uh, David and has a son, Daniel. And so Jennifer, in this uh, sort of holiday season, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. It's great to be here. And uh, happy holidays, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you. So today we thought, uh, you know, I know a lot of you guys are trying to uh, get those last one or two things wrapped up in the office, but our minds start to turning towards 2017. Jennifer and I were just having a conversation about some of our 2017 goals right before that. I had two coaching sessions this morning. Both of those coaching sessions revolved around, you know, what did we like about 16? What do we want to take into 17? But what are our stretch goals for 2017? So we thought we'd spend some time really today and probably over the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll hit on different topics that relate to this but around performance planning and how do we really make sure that we have an excellent year. So Jennifer, you want to just open with some of your thoughts about this? Yeah, I would, Jeff. Thanks so much. You know, one of the things I think about with performance planning has to do with how much time we spend looking in the rearview mirror versus how much time we spend looking through the windshield. And in performance planning, when we sit down and have those conversations to really spend that time glancing in the rearview mirror, but spending most of our time looking through the windshield. I'm curious about what's going to happen next and how we can create the best year possible going forward using the experiences that we've had 
for sure to give us some guideposts about what we might want to change. But uh, what do you think about that change, Jeff, from that rearview mirror to that windshield? And how much time do you think leaders are spending in each one? Well, I'd say most of our leaders, probably 80 to 90% are really looking backwards, looking in the rearview mirror, and they keep trying to say, what do we miss and what can we do? Um, I get a little frustrated because there's not much we can do about the past. And so a formula that I'd like to use a lot is, <clears throat> excuse me, instead of it maybe being 80% past-based and then maybe we spend 10 minutes on the present and then we wrap up the meeting with 10% future, what if we started with future-based questions? Mm-hmm. And then we spend about 50% of our time in a future-based conversation then let's spend 40% of the time in the present. Like, what can we do today to make that future happen? And then maybe only 10% look at the past saying, okay, what were the lessons learned? Is there anything that else that we need to do? So I absolutely think that we should be doing more of the out the front windshield. But most of my leaders, probably 80% of the time is a past-based conversation. That's right. And it's the really hard to make change for folks that are trying to make change if they are keep held hostage to what happened in the past. Mm-hmm. If that can't be set left left back there and people can move on, it's very hard to move forward with that drag. So if you have made mistakes or if there's things you're trying to change, I've, I hear over and over again, uh, folks talk about, well, I've got this guy and he's really making an effort, but <laughs> his colleagues won't give him a chance because they just shut him down. And I don't know why I can ask the same thing. And, and so it's in those moments where if we're so focused on the past or what what happened before, we can't even let people make the changes that they need to make to be mm-hmm. more successful in the future. So future-facing conversations are helpful. Yeah, so if we're going to plan, we should probably start talking about what are our results that we want for next year. So I do think, though, that it is worth a moment to reflect. If you've done this really well, you would have set goals at the beginning of 2016, maybe late 2015. And so take a moment over the next couple of weeks and really assess, you know, how did you do? Uh, Jennifer and I are recording this from our uh, from our Voltage office today. And on my whiteboard right behind Jennifer, I've got about four of my major goals over the course of this year. And they're always in front of me. And I've got updates by quarter how I did. So part of that is I've kept a running total of how have I performed. If you haven't had that, or this is the first time you're really sitting down to do this planning for the next year, I think the most critical thing is to say, what went right this past year? So doing an assessment. So, um, you know, I know that you do a lot of strategy work. One of the assessment tools that, that I really appreciate that I know I've used, you use with some of your clients, is the SWOT analysis. You want to just kind of run folks through. So the, the reason I'm thinking with the SWOT is that, you know, this is one of those where, you know, we can look at our strengths, our weaknesses, our opportunities, our threats over the past year. And so maybe if we didn't have a time to have set clear results, this can give us at least a sense of where are we. Right. So how do you use SWOT? I use it in two different ways, actually. The traditional SWOT often happens in a four box where you just take a piece of paper, you write two, take two lines perpendicular in one box, you put what the strengths of the organization are, strengths of the year and the weaknesses that you found. And then those are internal strengths and weaknesses inside the business. And then uh, the uh, O is the opportunities that are on the out on the horizon sure. that you took advantage of. And the L's are the liability or the, the W's rather, <laughs> the W's are the weaknesses. So uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Let's mm-hmm. get the O and T correct here. So opportunities and threats on the on the horizon out there in the in the world. And so when you take a look at the internal and the external strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats 
and you have them just sitting facing the page, then you have the opportunity to figure out what am I going to do next. The another way that I look at that same uh, that I look at that same set of ideas is I'll take strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and I'll put them in a ladder. And I'll use the strengths as one as as one arm of the ladder, and weaknesses uh, as something on the outside of the ladder. And then I'll take the uh, opportunities on the other arm of the ladder and put the threats on the outside of the ladder. And then I'll figure out what step to take in each of those rungs. So that's another way that I look for how to use your, how to leverage your, your strengths and your opportunities to move the organization forward. Okay, good. Well, I think that's a good place to start. We, we've got to know how um, the business looks. I would encourage you to do the same thing with your own life. You know, so um, one of the tools that I really like to use is something called the wheel of life. And if you just Google it, there's there's different kinds of wheels of life out there. It's a pretty quick exercise, and it helps you understand sort of your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. But it does it in a different way. So just picture a wheel, and it's going to have uh, pieces of the pie. There are things like your career, uh, maybe your family, uh, physical health, um, if spirituality is important to you, spirituality, financial, um, significant other romance, etc. And what you do is you is you judge it from a zero to ten, and you say, "How well am I doing at this?" Look, the goal here is not get a ten on everything. Okay, that's just not really possible. What's to notice though is where are you maybe at a four or a five? So if, you know, if, when I looked at this a couple months ago. Um, on my friends, I was down to about a four. This stage of life, four young kids, uh, running a business, doing a lot, uh, volunteer work, it's hard to stay connected to friends. So when I did this, and it was through a leadership program, it gave me that sense of saying, you know, I'm not really hitting it on the friends. Career, gosh, I was probably at a nine. You know, significant other, probably at eight. There are lots of good things. So what I did, as soon as I figured that out, I said, one of the things I want to do in 2017 is I want to be better connected to my friends. Right. So I immediately called a couple of friends. We did a boys weekend. And uh, for some of you that have been tracking this, you know, I haven't been able to run since September because of a knee and all that kind of stuff. I also committed to saying, all right, I'm going to get to start running here December 16th and be able to start running with friends again. And so that's an example of not just the business, but I really want you to say, how are you doing as the leader? Because it's critical that you're taking care of yourself if you're going to lead your organization. Thoughts? The other thing I like about taking a taking a look at the whole life is with all those different parts that we have going on, if there is an area that isn't important to you to also understand that that's your value system at play, but that might not match the people on your team. Mm -hmm. They might have some different things that they need and to be aware of what those differences might be so that you can be a, a better leader of those particular folks and to allow for those differences to, um, to be in your mind when you're leading them. Yeah, you know, I think that's a great point. I've got somebody that um, I'm coaching right now that they don't have a family, you know, and so family, uh, parents are passed away, brothers and sisters are out of the equation, no kids, not married. But that doesn't mean that uh, that they don't care about family and they can recognize in others. But to them, friends are their family. And so for them, you know, do all this stuff with friends. And so don't judge. Just know that everyone does it a little bit differently. Right. And for you as a leader, um, it it plays two ways, really. So when you're doing this assessment, do it two ways. One, ask some people on your team to do it so you get a better sense of who they are. The other is to sort of say, where are you? And then be vulnerable. Tell people, you know, this is what I'm trying to do so that they can see this. 
when you open yourself up to that in the workplace, people are going to respect you more. They're going to, you're going to become that leader that people want to follow, right? Let me say let me say a word about that vulnerability in the workplace because I know that's a word that can make uh, the strongest of leaders feel like they want to cower behind sure. the the uh, the rocks that are around them. So vulnerability in the workplace, when we think about people being vulnerable and we hear that for ourselves, we think, oh, if I were to share or uh, that's a sign of weakness or what are people going to think of me? Whereas just to remember a time when you experienced a leader actually being vulnerable with you mm-hmm. and what happened in that experience. When I have someone really tell me their story and you did that right when right when we began, um, I remember sitting, I remember where we were mm-hmm. and I remember what you shared and I remember thinking this is a leader I can respect. He really thinks about what he does and why, and he has values that that matter also to me. So I knew that we were aligned in some important ways, but that sharing was not a sign of weakness on the part of the receiver, but it might have felt a little scary to be the person doing the sharing. Mm. So when you extend yourself like that, it's how we hear it. And when I hear people say something that's risky, I think of them as brave. I think courage. Uh, so it might feel vulnerable to do it, but the experience that somebody has of you is, wow, that took some courage. And just keep that in mind when you're thinking about what you might share. Good. Well, um, certainly not where I thought we'd go in the first part. Right. So we, we went dug <laughs> deep. Uh, so uh, when we pick up after a break, what we're going to do is continue to talk about some of the tools to help you in your planning. Um, so we really appreciate you being here on Illuminating Leadership, and we'll be back in two minutes. Thank you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Tired of wasting time and spending marketing money with little results? Are you looking for more leads, clients, and revenue in your business with predictable results? Tune in to Mojo My Business with the team behind Mojo Global, Ira Rosen, and Corey Michael Sanchez. Our program will showcase proven expert solutions that have helped countless businesses outsell the competition and gain massive market share. Mojo My Business can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. 
To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. We're so glad you could be with us today. We've got Jennifer Owen O'Quill today in the studio, and uh, we've been talking about performance planning for really 2017, but it's performing performance planning and how can you be excellent at it? How do you get more out of your life? So part of this is being intentional. A lot of us just sort of let year over year kind of happen to us, week over week happen to us, right? The first part of the show, we've been talking about looking back, and now it's time to start to look forward. So I want to share with you one of the practices that we do at our firm is we take time each quarter to really stop and assess how we're doing. Our next one is December 20th. So uh, we actually will probably take a break during that day and I think you're going to get three of us that day. Uh, We'll we'll do the whole gang. Um, we'll We'll do our radio show in the middle of our strategic planning day. But I think that's a really incredibly important part of how do you performance plan. You actually spend time together. I will always um, block off a couple days at the end of the year to do my own performance planning. It starts with what we talked about in the first part show. I look back, but then I really start to say, what would 2017 look like for success? I'll pick a revenue target. I might pick you know, how much I want to exercise. What are a couple of key things I want to do? What's something I want to do with each of my four kids? But each one of those things, once I get the intention out there, I've got a much better chance of it happening, mm-hmm. right? So, Jennifer, as we sort of transition from looking back to looking forward, you know, what do you talk to our clients about, you know, for them with their performance planning? To get really future focused, there's a couple of things that I like, a couple of approaches I like to have. One is about what do you want with the whole team? So mm. It's good at the beginning of the year to reset those ground rules again, to really gather up and say, hey, how do we want to be together going forward and what do we need and what are we going to do when this breaks down because it will break down we all have breakdowns and mess ups that we need to fix and so that's one the other is to get our one-on-ones going in the right direction so what is it that is going to best create the best communication plan between you and I Jeff as we move into 2017 what do we need given that we have the experiences that are behind us. What do we want going forward for us to be successful this year? What does that look like? And to unpack that on a regular basis so to and keep that conversation going. So if we have a habit of being able to go back and revisit those ground rules every time we meet as a team, if we have a habit every time we sit down, of, has the communication between us good? What do we need to clear up just to keep that momentum going forward? The other, the other thing that um, comes to my mind is that stop, start, and continue, right? Mm. That's a great way to say, okay, to be successful, what do I need to start doing? What do I need to stop doing? And what do I need to continue doing? And you can do that with your team, and you can do that one-on-one with people to keep the communication clean. Yeah, I really like that last one. So I like everything you said, Jennifer. Um, I was uh, coaching um, a dyad the other day over at Carillion Clinic. So it's a a medical uh, director and an administrative officer. And so we're doing a three-way conversation. And one of the things we really looked at was, what do we need to stop doing? They they had brought in new staff. Managers had grown over the course of the year. So we really start to say, okay, we probably need to stop attending a few of these meetings. Maybe we can stop producing a few of these reports because they know how to do their job now. And the end of the year is a nice time to do that. Mm -hmm. And so as we looked into next year, okay, so if we're going to stop that, what is it we want to start doing? Where do we want to invest 
But critical too was, you know, one of the things that was working in particular for this group was they had a really good plan where they had sort of a Monday morning meeting for about 15 minutes, just the quick stand up, how are we doing? And then they have a regularly scheduled one-on-one with each other every week. They said, you know, that has been so essential to us this past year. We probably honored it 40, 50, maybe 40, 45 times out of the 50 or so weeks that there were, that they were there together. And they're like, that. those weeks that we honored all that, our weeks went great. You know, so it is that start, stop, continue. So I think that's a great tool. It's a matter of looking at what's working and mm. naming it. And noticing and naming it. It is that process that allows people to keep doing what you appreciate. And when we uh, when we take the time to do that, uh, we get people know what to keep doing. It's, some of that is just setting clear expectations. People really do thrive when they know exactly what's expected, and they need to know oftentimes what to keep doing. But that's the thing that can often get missed. Let's talk about those expectations. We had Amy Ancrum last week on the show, uh, president of Qualtrics, and they they do a really nice job of using the rhythm um, technique from the book Rhythm. And they sit down on a quarterly basis, review the strategy and all that. So um, how clear do my expectations need to be? You know, because that takes a lot of time and it can be pretty hard. And, you know, for a lot of our listeners, you know, it's ambiguous out what's in front of us. You know, so how clear, help me understand, like when you say clear expectations, what's your expectation of a clear expectation? (laughs) I think you find your answer to that as the leader when you ask what somebody understood. And then if they say something back to you that matches what you had in mind, you know that they can run. But if they say something back that's muddy when you ask, then you probably need to spend a little bit more time and give a little more clarity. Also, it depends on what the what the desired outcome is. Mm. How clear are you about what you want? And is how important is it to both of you that it be crystal clear? Mm-hmm. And I think that depends on the kind of person that you have sitting across from you, not just the kind of person and their competence, but also the where they are in in their confidence in the job, mm-hmm. that will change over time. So we need to be more direct and, and paint a bright picture of put the dart in the middle of the dartboard and make sure that it's there. And you can actually touch the dartboard and then put the put the dart right in the center versus, oh, yeah, just g- grab that and go run with it. Right. Is that's a, that's a big difference. But a newer person or someone who's new to a role needs that description of go and actually – find that target and touch it and then put the dart right in there. And this is the take 10 steps and do that. So that it, it depends on the person is what I would say. Yeah. I, you know, I'm just thinking I'm, I'm pretty fiercely independent. Right. And so if you were to give it too crystal clear to me, right. I'd be like, why you need me? Right. So I think do understand what I would say is that this isn't a one-time conversation though. Mm-hmm. This is you thinking about your upcoming year understanding. So a great question to ask your leader is, you know, what's on your plate? What are you being held accountable for? And how can I help? And so let's get some clarity on that. And then it's a, how do we keep coming back and having the conversation? So I think a best practice is sort of a one-on-one per month where you pull back a little bit and just say, hey, how are we doing on the big stuff? You know, here are a couple of big projects that we're working on. Here's what we really want to focus on this year. Are we on track or not? So the clearer you can set expectations on the front end, so whether that's a revenue target, uh, a key project, a new product, um, how many people we want to develop, uh, what's our succession plan look like, the clearer you can get on that, the better that will set up future conversations so that you can say, are we on target? Are we not on target? 
I know that, uh, again, Amy with Call Tracks and several of my other companies, they sort of use the red, yellow, green. So they can come back and review and say, okay, this was our aim. You know, are we still on track? If not, is that yellow or is it we're in red and we really got to coalesce? Or, hey, you know, we're in green. So we probably don't need to talk a lot about that, but it's maybe time to celebrate that we are in green and let's take a moment of appreciation. But then let's start to talk about some of these other things about how do we move the needle on those. And when you're in green, to be able to have a good conversation, this is going really well. Mm. How do we keep it going well? And is there a way that can be better? Right. And it doesn't have to be perfect. We don't want, we don't need perfect, but to spend a little bit of time, not just celebrating the green, but being curious about it. Mm. Why is this working? And how much value is there for us? Yeah. You know, so I would also just say, uh, this is tried and true, but this is smart goals, this specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. And when you're at the start of the year, sometimes the goals are still a little vague. But as you start to get into the first quarter, come back and revisit that a couple more times and see if you can't get more specific and more specific. Too often what I see in this performance planning and why it doesn't work particularly well is it's a one-time conversation maybe in December, early January, and then we get back to our regular work. And our our companies that we work with that are best practices, they revisit that on a pretty regular basis and say, are we still working on the right things? Additionally, they say, you know, we had some really good thinking in December, but maybe we were wrong. And maybe this isn't one of our major goals. And we really need to shift a little and concentrate on that. The hard part is sometimes saying no and stopping something. What, what will happen? I call, I don't know why. It's always 27. 27 goals is just what I use. And so we've got like 27 goals. It's probably like seven or eight, really. But my hyperbole just needs to say that, right? But how do we whittle the seven or eight down to two to three that are really possible and achievable? So I think for good performance planning, execution, and excellence is picking two to three goals that are realistic but challenging and really focusing on that. Thoughts for you, Jennifer? I've, yes. Less is more. Mm. And to do something and do it well, I, to really have two, maybe three critical moves over the course of the year, you'll likely hit the target if there's one or two, maybe three. Um, the other thing is that when you're adding things, that stop piece is so important. Whether or not even you're adding a lot of complicated things to really, I love the story you told about how, uh, do we really need these reports? Mm. They're not serving us. Before you even begin anything to say, what is wise to stop doing that we don't need? Right. What can we just do by habit now because of who we are and how we're coming together and what the needs are out there? Yeah, um, it come, this concept, I used it again this week, actually. Um, so Derek Strand, uh, shout out to you from uh, Richmond. Um, there are some cultures where it's really hard to say no. Oh, yes. You know, or stop. And so uh, Derek taught me this concept of saying yes more slowly. And what that means is instead of just saying yes, I'm going to do that. What I want you to understand is every time you say yes, that actually does mean you're saying no to something else. So if you're saying, yes, I'm going to work on this project, you might be saying no to developing your team. So if you say, yes, that we're going to hit this deadline by Friday, you might be saying no to your team getting out of here by 6 o'clock in the evening, right? So just understand that our yeses and nos. So in some cultures, it's just not very easy to say no. And so when someone comes to Jennifer and says, Jennifer, I'd really love to have you have this done by Friday at 5, she might say, you know, Jeff, I appreciate that you would have confidence in me. Could we talk about whether Friday at 5 is still realistic or not? And I'm like, no, I really need to be Friday at 5. Then you might say, okay, then is it okay that I'm not going to work on this? Yeah, because this is a higher priority. Or it might be, does it have to be me or could Debbie or Lee work on that for me? 
yeah, I'm okay with that. So it's not that you're saying no, it's just you're clarifying. And so that's going to be one of the things that's going to be critical for us in our performance planning. So today, today on the show, I've got Jennifer Owen O'Quill. We're up against another break. So we've been talking about performance planning. We'll pick up with a few more best practices after a two-minute break. See you in a few. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea. To Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. I'm here today with Jennifer Owen O'Quill. She's the uh, Leadership Director at Voltage Leadership Consulting, and she's also a strategist, business coach, um, fantastic facilitator, leader, and We've been talking about how do you plan for excellence and really trying to come up with some best practices and how do we move forward? So I appreciate we've gotten a couple questions uh, um, in the email inbox. I'm going to address those in the next segment. So feel free to keep sending them and we'll address them in the last segment of the show. What we're going to hit here is let's move to the um, individual just a bit. And um, we've got something called individual development plans. So I'm going to call them probably IDPs from here, but individual development plans. And what that is, it's a discussion that you have about how do you want to grow and develop yourself over the course of the next one to three years. It's generally a a conversation that you have with your manager, occasionally human resources. What I encourage people to do is to really look at your top two or three strengths. How are we going to leverage your strengths over the course of next year? And is there one thing that maybe we need to work on? So if we were to go back to earlier segments uh, in our shows, it's that uh, Tim Galway model where performance equals potential minus interference. Again, performance equals potential minus interference. What we want to do is make sure that we're using our full potential with our strengths, but is there also one piece of interference that's getting in our way? 
And so that is often how you create an individual development plan. Your individual development plan is how you as an individual start to fulfill against the goals that we've been planning as an organization. So we've done a little planning on organization. We may do an offsite to plan that. But now it's about you, the performer, coming back and through your individual development plan saying, how are you going to get bigger, better, stronger, leap tall buildings in a single bound, look amazing doing it, Jennifer, and wearing a red costume? <laughs> All good? I love it. I feel good. I'm it's prancing fantastic. around. Right? Yes. <laughs> so what, what ideas do you have for us? So when you sit down to have a conversation with someone about their performance, the the important thing to remember is that it's a conversation. Mm. And to be curious. When we carry our curiosity into a conversation, that's the best gift we can bring. When we bring uh, questions that say, I'm really interested in helping you on a team member of ours, right? Discover for yourself where it is that the... Your, your best self lies, what, where the magic might be. And so um, I, when you s- sit down and have those conversations, yes, we, we want to have in mind what the organization needs to move forward, but I'm also curious about the aspirations of the person. What do you want? What do you really want? That is the best data point for a leader to be able to discover the aspirations of the individual that's working with you. Because when you know what those aspirations are, you have the ability to plug in their aspirations to the needs of the organization and to be able to communicate those needs in ways that can fire them with passion and purpose when they're doing their work. I know this in an international audience. We have people coming from all over the world, you know, China, UAE, India, New Zealand, Italy, et cetera. So we appreciate everyone. Uh, the, the next stat I'm giving you is from the United States. Right now, our unemployment rate has dropped from about eight years ago. It was almost 10 percent, all the way down about 4.6 percent. That's almost basically full employment. There are certainly people that could be in jobs that are more rewarding for them, um, better use of their resources. But we're getting pretty close to full employment, okay? And what that means is that people are starting to have choices. People are starting to get offered sign-on bonuses. Headhunters are calling people more often now. And so this IDP and this performance plan discussion is a really great retention tool, too. Absolutely. And so this is a chance for you to say, hey, here's how I see where you're fitting in. If they're a superstar, this is also a chance for you to re-recruit them and say, Here's the amazing things you're doing. Here's the path that I see for you. Here are the possibilities. Hey, and some of you guys, there may not be a position that's open, but that doesn't mean we can't keep developing them and saying, what is it that they want to work on? And how do I get to grow them? What's critical, though, is what type of conversation are you having? So we use this, uh, again, this is from the, the Burson book on Thanks for Your Feedback. Are you in an appreciation conversation? Are you coaching them on their development? Or are you in evaluation? Generally speaking, this time of year, you're going to start with evaluation. How did the year go? And then let's look forward. And so it might start out evaluation, but it's critical for you to say, here's what went really well, and here's one or two things I think you can do differently. Now, let's create your development plan together so that I can coach you up. But don't miss out on that appreciation, especially for superstars. Everyone needs it. But I'm telling you right now, the, the headhunters are starting to call those superstars in your company. And if you're not appreciating them, boy, that green grass on the other side of the fence looks pretty good right now. Absolutely. That is so important. And not just thanks, attaboy, appreciate you, but you did this piece of work. Mm -hmm. And this is the impact that it had on the business. And you erased my need to think about it. 
and I really deeply appreciate it. What is the, or, or you created the most creative proposal that we've seen in a long time and look what happened to our business. Whatever it is, be really specific about what it is that you saw that you really appreciated so that they know you actually noticed mm-hmm. uh, and, and you don't just want them to keep running. So I think the specific appreciation goes a long way. Yeah, you know, so um, one of the things that I, that came from the listeners um, was really around um, how do we go about um, taking these concepts of performance for the next year mm-hmm. and breaking it down into the conversation with the with your direct report? You know, so we we say that our revenue is going to increase by twenty seven percent. That we're going to try to decrease costs by twelve percent. You know, I think that makes sense at a theoretical level, but. How do you translate that? And whose job is that to translate that? Is that an employee's job? Is that your job as a leader? You know, where does that work get done? I, inside of a conversation. Mm, I I, I do think it's the question when you sit down with someone and uh, you might talk about the, you know, very brief terms, those large goals of increase revenue by this, decrease loss by this. That's that's a helpful data point for them to know where the organization is trying to go. But then to be curious about what is it that you want? What is it that you really want? What are you excited about working on? And how can that contribute to the ways that we are looking for new business? How can that contribute to potentially new revenue streams or cost-saving measures, depending on what that person's interested in? And to find out where their creativity is and see if they have a particular thing that they want to run with, does that line up? Mm. And how can you make it, it, maybe it needs to be shaped a little bit here uh, on the edges, but if you can allow them to take something and run with it, there's just a lot of energy that people have when they when they really want something and they own it themselves. So I, I, let me just reflect a few of the folks I've coached. Um, yeah, that's nice, Jennifer, but I need to get work done here. Like, right. we got to make the bottom line, or we got to hit our mission, or whatever. You know, and I can't always line up what people's goals and desires are. Uh, Jennifer, I run a real business here. I got to hit this bottom line, and you don't know the pressure I'm under, and blah, 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 right? But that's real. Right. So how do we strike that balance of the individual's needs with the organizational's goals? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back at you with this, but what do you do? Nuh-uh, with, wait, it's my show. I know. Wait, wait. Uh-huh. With the leader who says, I'm bringing 5% of my creativity to the table mm. because I always get told no. Right. And so I think the piece of it that's missing is accountability. Mm-hmm. I want you to sit in my seat. I hear your idea. I want you to analyze your idea. I want you to do some analysis of how you think it would be developed. Put them in charge of driving um, their idea and building out and proposing it just like you would expect if someone was coming to you with a new business idea that you were supposed to reflect on. That employee can certainly do that. Then it's up to them to see how much skin they want to have in the game. You haven't said no. Right. I'm saying yes more slowly. <laughs> but you're saying yes more slowly. So and it, And then you have a data point yourself of how much did they go and do it or not? Or did they give up? And there was a few things that you've mentioned to me over time. If you're really interested in that, go find that out. And there are some of them you've never heard about again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so, yes, Anne, I, I agree with all that. Um, what happens, though, that we, we, do, we get the superstar that is just fantastic, and we don't have a spot for them. Right. They're driving great projects for us. They are a great teammate. They've got an awesome attitude. You know, I mean, they're dream employee, right? But there's really no place to go. Right? The, the business just doesn't have the need yet. How are we going to handle that? Right. 
I think it's an honest conversation mm-hmm. and to say, this is the deal. This is where the business is at. If Do you want to stay? Are you happy? Mm-hmm. It might be that for their age and stage in life, that they're perfectly content right where they are. And that anxiety is yours, right. not theirs. Right. So find out. Be okay. curious. The other thing I would say is that what amount of time are you going to allow that person to do some work that's in their field, but that might not be with your organization? Maybe there's a professional organization that they can have leadership. There's a, someone I'm thinking of that I work with, and she has this tremendous capacity for leadership, but she doesn't have a huge team. Mm-hmm. So she leads, she's the president of a professional organization, that's and right. they make time and space and resources for her to go travel and do that work. And it's helpful to the overall professional capacity of the people in her role, but it's not contributing directly to the business, but they are retaining an mm-hmm. excellent person for a long time. So they get to keep all of that knowledge, they get to keep all that skills, and they get her ability to then coach other people in the business that are colleagues, not necessarily direct reports. So in what direction can you help people look to see that their aspirations are getting fulfilled inside of the business? Good. So a few key points from this segment. Um, you know, I think it is about um, setting some smart goals, you know, to be very clear. Uh, I think it's a conversation between the leader mm-hmm. and the, the employee that's there talking to you. So it's about creating an individual development plan that is both meets the needs of the business, but can be inspirational to the person that's actually trying to grow themselves. It, the individual development plan should not all be things that need to be fixed. There should be also leveraging of the strengths so that we can do it. Again, the more specific, you know, so let's not just go work on something. How do we measure it? You know, it might be measured by getting a degree. Maybe it's a master's that you need. It could be, hey, you know, I've never had the chance to do the budget. So I'm going to get the chance to do the budget for the first time this year. And how we measure success is that I'm in the meetings and I make the final proposal and I get feedback on how well I did in my budgeting process. But the more specific that we can get, then the more likely it is that we're able to do a good job of saying, do we have success in 17 or not? The other thought I would just have is that it's a leader's job, so the people that are setting up a lot of these conversations, to translate these big goals that we as an organization are coming up with to what's that mean for our team and what's that mean for the individuals on our team. That's right. Yeah. So um, we're up against another break. So what we'll come back and talk about are some of our favorite best practices. Uh, also, how do you use maybe a outside facilitator? Is that a benefit, not a benefit? We're certainly in that spot sometimes, but we'll be coming back from break in two minutes and we'll hit a few of these last topics for the day. Thanks. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events 
to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America Business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now, back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back, and so glad you could be with us today. I've got Jennifer Owen O'Quill with me today. We've had a um, meandering, lovely conversation about performance planning and uh, hit lots of topics. So what we thought we'd wrap up the show with today is some of our best practices, maybe some of the traps that we see some of our companies fall into, and be able just to leave you with a few practical tools and tips to take away when you're working on your planning for performance excellent. So um, Jennifer, I think there's one point that you want to pick up on from the last segment. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about is that there's, you were talking about the high potential that there's no place for them to go. Mm-hmm. And one of the options really is to have that honest conversation about, is it time for them to go? Mm-hmm. And how would they like to be sent? And or would they like to stay? And it's much better to have an honest conversation about that so that you can be prepared rather than surprised. And I certainly have had those conversations where over the course of a year, I equipped someone really great high potential, but there was nowhere for her to go. And she had real aspirations. She was young and young in her career. And we sent her out to a great next thing. And I was proud of that. I actually helped get her recruited out and to find that new thing. And then there was somebody ready to move into that role that could then created movement inside the business. So losing great people is good if you're taking care of your bench. <laughs> right. Yeah, similar. I, I think of a young woman that um, I worked with, uh, gosh, 15 years ago, and um, she loved what she was doing, but knew that wasn't where she wanted to be in life. And so by having the honest conversation and she opening up to me, we actually helped her get her master's in something that was not really related to what we did, but we got to keep somebody for two more years that was a superstar. And so she left and pursued something that she loves doing in Washington, D.C. now. She's fantastic at it. Here's the interesting part. In the next two to three years, she sent over 30 people. She referred over 30 people to our company, many of which were superstars. If we hadn't listened to her dreams and aspirations, you know, we could have like just said, no, we're not going to do that. Instead, we were really able to, to find a good partnership. So I think a best practice is 
all the way back to it is a conversation. Be curious about what the, the folks that you're working with, what are they interested in? What's their performance plan for 2017? And your people are your best advertisers. So if you mm-hmm. send great people out into the workforce into a new role, you want them to exit with a great experience so that they can go say great things about you, that she would circle back around and bring you 30 other folks on referral back to the organization as a wonderful testimony to her experience with the group. Yes, and sometimes it's just within another within the business, right? It's just going to another part of the business, but right. it, you lose because you're losing a superstar out of your area. Okay, so one of the questions that we got in here was, um, can we talk a little bit about, should we use a facilitator mm-hmm. for some of this performance planning, and is that a benefit? Is that not a benefit? What are your thoughts about that? And then I'll weigh in on that as well. I think it depends on what your pain point is. Okay. Uh, I, there are, if things are going well and you have a, a good rhythm that's working for mm-hmm. you, great. I do think that facilitating a conversation for everyone to participate fully, a strategy conversation, you an outside facilitator provides tremendous resources in, in the thinking in that it frees up everyone in the room to think. So nobody is having to hold the space and ask the hard questions and make sure that the ideas are getting collected. It's very helpful to have a facilitator for those points in time. Once you do those big strategy sessions, then the question is, do you need someone for ongoing accountability? Is that helpful or is it just a luxury? And that's a real question. I think it depends on the momentum of the business in that given year. But for sure, those annual strategy sessions are well are well served with an outside facilitator. Yeah, I agree. And I notice too that we're facilitators, so we're going to view it from this perspective. Sure. Uh, but you know, I run the I run Voltage as well, and I can tell you that there are times where I really am in that that awkward space of I'm trying to keep track of time, I'm watching everyone's reaction, and sometimes I get so hung up on that that I lose track of the conversation. And so I do think that there is benefit to an outside facilitator. To Jennifer's point, the downside sometimes is that. An outside facilitator won't always know everything that's going on. So I think for maybe the kickoff meeting, good to use an outside facilitator. I'd also say that uh, trying to identify someone that's maybe not on the team, this could be a stretch assignment for someone to come in and help facilitate a team. So maybe not the executive team, but maybe at the higher levels or mid-management, can you use a peer or someone else from another department and let them come in and help facilitate a discussion? So this could also be part of someone's individual developmental plan. Absolutely. And I have been well served by facilitators that were internal, external facilitators, right? So they were not part of the team, but they allowed the team to really um, engage because they understood what the language was, what the business pressure was. Good. So Jennifer, I'm going to task you with uh, thinking about two to three of your best practices that you would want to recommend. I'll uh, I'll start and then let you uh, come in with your couple. So for me, one is make the time. really take some time at the end of this year, beginning of uh, 2017, and look back first and say, what do we have success in? I love the start, stop, continue exercise that Jennifer mentioned earlier in the show so that we can really say, okay, are there things that we should start doing, stop doing, and continue doing? Next is to really be realistic about what are the 2017 goals. Brainstorm first, come up with 27 ideas, but then let's come up with the two or three that are really realistic And then I might put it on a two-by-two matrix of like, uh, what's the payoff? What's the ability to get this done versus how hard is implementation going to be? And then start to move down to, okay, given that these are our set of goals, how do we start having conversations 
with our individuals over the next month about what's gone right for them over the past year and where they want to grow. And so having conversations about people with people about what do they like about this past year and what are their hopes and dreams for the upcoming year? Jennifer, how about for you? I would say uh, conversations that are curious. So conversations that aren't just about what do you want for the future, but are curious about what their ultimate aspirations are. What do you want? What do you really want? What do you aspire to? And then finding out ways that you can plug in that passion and purpose to the things that you need. Uh, the other thing is to catch people winning in in clear, specific ways. We get so much more when we praise, bless, and encourage one another. The other, the other tool that I like, I really like resetting those ground rules every year, returning to that and letting people know these are the rules we had before. This is this is how we were getting together last year. If you had ground rules, let's do this again. Mm-hmm. Are these still the right? ground rules for us do we need to add or subtract something where do we need to make adjustments so that you keep the conversation alive it's not something one and done Mm -hmm. Uh, and then those those feed forward conversations that's marshall goldsmith's term um how do you set the stage in a conversation not for what happened in the past but what you want the future to look like so looking through the windshield where are you going what do i need to do to have a on a scale of one to 10 to have a one point higher communication number with you. So if we're at an eight, how do I get to a nine? If we're at a three, how do I get to a four with you and our communication so that we can figure out what's that one small habit that I can add? What's that one small practice I can add to get to the next level? Thank you, Jennifer. It's been a real honor and privilege to have you here again today. Um, And so I would wrap up the show with, again, the wheel of life is a nice way for an individual to start with. You can Google it. You'll find it. They'll have different things. Put put the pies in that you want. But really take a moment and just sort of assess, are you where we want to be? So you've been listening to uh, Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership. Um, it's been lovely to have Jennifer on with me today. Next week, we'll have Lee Hubert uh, back on the show. Uh, and we're going to be, again, a little bit on this topic, but some more best practices around some coaching and learning with you. Um during the week, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at area code 540-798-1963. You can email me at jeff at voltageleadership.com. Our website's www.voltageleadership.com. You can like me on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. Connect with me on LinkedIn at Jeff Smith, Voltage Leadership Consulting. You can follow me on Twitter at JMU Jeff. And so, you know, if you or in the strategic planning, or you're needing help as a client, please feel free to reach out to us. That's what we do. Uh, we're very passionate about this topic. We love to see organizations succeed. Uh, we get a real charge of that. And we also love to see the individuals be able to reach their full potential. So if you find yourself in need during this performance planning, please reach out to us at one of these places. Jennifer, thanks again for being with us today. And you've been listening to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. We'll see you again next week at the same time. In the meantime, have an awesome week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.